Hello, church family. This is Ezra, chapter 1, part 4. Uh, we're going to close off our first week in our study of Ezra um, now. And uh, just so by way of refreshing us all, uh, we're talking about how in this first chapter we were able to see three lessons uh, in which God is with his people and providing for his people, uh, even during the most strangest times. And uh, the outline that I gave us was that first God knows the future of his people. Um, the Israelites uh, were able to return back to Jerusalem exactly uh, when God wanted him wanted them to come back. Uh, the, the, God provided the, the basically the, the global situation for Cyrus to rule so that uh, uh, he can go and bring and fulfill the prophecy that Jeremiah gave years ago. And um, the Israelites first will be exiled for seven years. And in Jeremiah 25, verse 12, it says that and it's fulfilled here in Ezra chapter one. Um, and, uh, and God appointed it. He stirs the hearts of uh, individuals, whether it's believers or non-believers, to ultimately fulfill his will. And this, again, shows us uh, God uses providential means to fulfill his sovereign plan. Um, then we looked at how God works through his people. Uh, we see that in chapter one, verse four to five, and, and that uh, the decree that was get uh, that was sent out to basically everyone that's in uh, Babylon is like, hey, do you, if you want to go back, if you desire to go back to your home, uh, go back. Uh, and it wasn't uh, Cyrus wasn't forcing anyone to go back, rather just saying, if you want to return, then go. And he uh, and and the ones that uh, went, they were stirred by the Lord. In uh, verse five, it says that. So the Spirit of, Lord, Spirit of God stirred them to go and rebuild the house. And uh, and the Lord uh, worked in these individuals' hearts and even worked in the uh, families' hearts to go and, and support them on their way back. And you recall the application was is mainly that uh, the Lord works in the hearts of us as well. The Lord doesn't want people that are um, worshipers that are like, forced to be worshipped they have to they want to be worshipers and the lord works in the hearts of individuals and they they serve him and they, they do whatever uh the lord calls them to do that's this kind of application for us that we could use our gifts uh for his glory no matter which situation we're at that we all matter uh, in god's kingdom and that uh, we can all serve uh, wherever we are today we're going to end this uh, section by uh, looking at how god provides for his people uh, from verse 6 to the end of the chapter. I'll just uh, read through it and just kind of give some commentary along the way. Uh, verse 6, all those about them encounter, encouraged them with the, with encouraged them with articles of silver, with gold, with goods, with cattle, and with uh, valuables, aside from all that was given as a freewill offering. And that means that the, these Israelites gave out of not because they were forced to, uh, but they but they gave because it's like it's a free will offering. They 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 figured this is a way to um, you know they're gonna stay in uh, in in uh, Babylon or Persia, and then they just said, okay, you guys go. And out of a, out of just like a worshipful heart, they gave them all of these things. And you'll notice that it says and being all those about them. So this is not just the families. Remember. Verse four, like the families, let's say there was five members of family. If one decides to go, the other four should support uh, the one that's going. But rather, this is like saying everyone else, everyone else uh, should go and, and, and support them. And they do. They give them all of these supplies for them to go. 
on the journey home and to even rebuild the temple as much as they can. I uh, will look and see how even that has conflicts and problems, but they by but by God's sovereign hand they were able to resolve it. Verse seven. Also, King Cyrus brought out the articles of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and put it in the house of his gods. And Cyrus, king of Persia, had them brought out by the hand of Mithridath, the treasurer, and he counted them out to Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. And you recall, I said that it was two weeks before this that the Persians defeated the Babylonians, and uh, and now he's uh, you know, Cyrus is aware of, of where all these the treasures are, and um, he's bringing out all of the things that belong to uh, to, to to Israelites. I, I'm not sure how he knew, but maybe on the bottom of the cup is it belonged to Jewish people, or this belongs to the Temple of Yahweh, or something. Um, but you, I think I, I also need to correct something that I said a few days ago. I said Daniel chapter 7, was, that was a scene of the writing on the wall. It was actually Daniel chapter 5 when that happened. Um, so, was, you know, that scene, they were partying and they're using the utensils uh, and the, you know, the cups and all the things that was meant for the temple. And they were using it basically on their, like, debauch party. And, and they're basically defacing the things that are meant for, like, holy things. But they're using it for their... Their drunken parties, and as a result of that, the, the writing law saying that you'll you'll die the next day. Um, and these are these are those instruments that were that were uh, hidden away in Nebuchadnezzar's home, and now Cyrus brings it all back. Uh, again, we see how um, God providentially kept these items. You know, if someone took this and ran away, they would have been missing things, but God protected it. God sovereign, sovereignly protected just the things, the objects uh, that, that that forces worship to Him. Uh, we, again, we see how God provided. He, he he somehow in His sovereign hand and providentially, people were able. They didn't take this even there, during the sieges. They didn't take any of this. Um, which again, God can do all things. And if He's providential with things, how much more of He is with people and everything in life. You know, we know that God is in control of all things, and that's what's something that uh, we need to be thankful for. Verse 9. Now, this was their number, 30 gold dishes, 1,000 silver dishes, 29 duplicates. Now, these vessels actually first appeared in 1 Kings chapter 10. Uh, you remember Solomon was uh, the king at the time. He was the wisest. Uh, he was able to discern right and wrong. And he, he was, they were so wealthy that uh, basically he upgraded the the, the um, the the pots and everything from bronze to gold. I even said that it, that silver was like nothing. It's just like oh, they see silver on the floor, they just ignored it uh, because they have so much, so many more precious metals throughout because Solomon was so wealthy. Um, and then Second uh, uh, Kings twenty five, they get uh, you see these instruments again, all these tools and uh, plates and everything. You see them again, but this time they get plundered. Um, uh, by the Babylonians, and uh, if you recall the scene, there were this, uh, there were these priests that would try to guard the the temple, uh, and the Babylonians just took them, slaughtered them when they uh, took them out. Uh, the Babylonians took them out of Israel or Jerusalem, brought them into Babylon, killed them, and then just took all their stuff. Uh, that's what happened in Second Kings twenty five, and then uh, and then Daniel five again. These these um, these materials show up, uh, um, you know, and they're defacing it, as I said earlier. So again, these dish, these dishes, all of these things are intended for sacri- for the sacrificial system, um, and all of these things were used, uh, and all of these things that were protected, um, God provided for them all the things that they need 
to be able to go back and worship him. And what's interesting, um, I'm not sure if I said this in the last few uh, episodes or parts, um, but the, he told them to build the house, right, the house of God. But the first thing that he gives them is the, is the means by which they can make sacrifices to him. Um, God doesn't care so much more about the building as he cares more about the relationship that uh, Israel has with the Lord. So the Lord provided the first, mainly the most important thing, the thing that they need to be able to be close with the Lord in their own hearts. Um, so this is what happens in verse uh, 9 to 11, uh, verse 10. Uh, 30 gold bowls, 410 silver bowls of a second kind, and a thousand other articles. Uh, all the articles of gold and silver numbered 5,400. Bazar brought them all up with the exiles who went up from Babylon to Jerusalem. So the Lord uh, always provides for his people. God protected the items from, from many circumstances and people, and God brought his people back and brought all the materials back. And... Um, and it was, it was amazing to see that he brought the right, uh, you know, these last, this whole chapter, we see how God calculated the exact day when they were going to return, brought them back in the exact time, and then uh, now provide all the, uh, and provide the right people, and then even provide the right means by which they can worship the Lord. Um, and this is how we need to see our God, that the Lord provides for us as well. Um, over and over again, scripture speaks of um, how God cares for his people and how, uh, one of the ways he shows that he cares is by um, providing for them. Uh, Psalms chapter 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my rock, my God, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. You know, uh, this confidence that David has, he understands that um, he's able to speak in these terms because he knows that God provides, that God cares. Um, psalm 23, a very um, uh, famous psalm, begins by saying, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, and then he begins to explain how he provides as a shepherd to his sheep. To provide green pastures and, and bringing the sheep to still waters and restores the soul of the individual. He does it for his own name's sake. Psalm chapter 34, verse uh, 9 to 10. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for to those who fear him there is no want. Uh, the younger, the young lion do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. See, the Lord understands his people's needs. He knows that we're frail and he will always provide our needs. Um, even in, uh, let's see one more Psalm and I even go through some of the Old Testament narratives in Psalm 84 verse 11. Uh, the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. See, the Lord cares for his people. The Lord cares for those who are walking rightly. You recall in Second Kings, was, that's what happened with Elijah and Elisha, right? Like both of them at one point uh, was basically hunted uh, and they were uh, discouraged by it. But the Lord provided for them. The Lord gave them bread from ravens and, and gives them water and all of these different things that they need to survive. And the Lord that was able to do th these things then was, is still able to do the things now. Uh, when we look at what our situation is, 
you know, with the whole COVID situation, we know that like you know, the Lord sustained us. Yes, there was a panic in the beginning, but things are okay. You know, there were people hoarding toilet paper in the beginning, but now, like uh, Kelly and I went to Costco a few days ago, and now just toilet paper everywhere. There's like soap everywhere, and you know, there's just everything's just relatively back to normal. Um, and you know, if you were able to talk to yourself just three months ago, would you be able to say like, yeah, I shouldn't have panicked. I didn't need to worry because the Lord knows. The Lord loves me. He knows me by name. He knows my needs. He'll provide for us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, it reads, or start from 25. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what will, what will, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that, uh, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to your, his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles are eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is, you know, the parallel passage as well in Luke chapter 11. And uh, just, again, a few more passages. I really want us to understand that God does care for us, that, God, that he provides all that we need because he loves us. He, he knows our needs. And he'll do whatever. He, he, there's no limits to what he can do. Um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, Philippians was a good church. They were faithful. They, they gave all that they needed to other people that were in need, and the Lord provided them after they gave. Um, the Lord uh, was able to supplement the things that they were lacking because there was no need for to worry. Uh, they were able to just um, trust the Lord, and the Lord always provided. Verse 76, verse 17, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. <clears throat> Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasures of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. So Paul here says the same thing. Before he you know, gets imprisoned or before he gets killed, this tells him to be generous. Why? Because our God is generous to us. God knows our needs. He provides for us. And we need to care for those that are around us as well. And that's actually how sometimes the Lord provides. It's through the, the ministry of the church. Some of you are, are struggling financially, but then the church is there for you. That's why early on, um, I was, you know, I was 
we're all trying to keep tabs with people in the church. They're like, hey, are there any needs, any financial needs? We're willing to um, uh, meet those needs if you need anything. Um, and uh, to my knowledge, I don't know if anyone took those things up, mainly because the churches loved on each other. Uh, you guys uh, just had just developed relationships with, with one another. And you guys you know, bought food for each other. You got supplies for each other. Um, and that's good. That's what we should all be doing. Like We didn't need to tap into any of the funds because we're willing to just be generous to one another. That's what my encouragement was. That, that, and you have to see those gestures as the Lord working through the hearts of, of individuals in the church to provide for your needs. And that's why we should always be thankful because we know that we have a family of God that, um, that it, it, you know, in the context of SFBC, we have all of us watching over each other and we need to care for each other. Um, if there's any needs, let us know and we'll love to uh, be able to meet those needs. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 17, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadows. This means that the Lord doesn't change. Like, he doesn't decide one day, I'm not going to give, and then next day, oh, I will give. No, he's always caring for us. He'll always uh, providentially put whatever means necessary for us to be able to um, to be taken care of. Just keep trust, entrusting our life to the Lord. Continue to walk faithfully with, uh, besides the Lord, and just live a righteous life, and, and everything will be okay. Um, the Lord, in even our present day context, will bring us back to meet meet again as a, as, as a church. Uh, but in some ways, this is uh, this is there's this is really like a foretaste of us wanting to go home in glory. Right? The Lord will bring us back, and what's even better is that the Lord is preparing a place for us to take us home. And this is, a, again, it's a very strange anticipation or foreshadow or foretaste, whatever you want to call it, uh, that, that should make us desire what it would be like to be in heaven. As much as it is great to be with one another uh, and fellowshipping with each other, uh, we have something even better. We, I mean, it's just basically from uh, good to best. We get to... If the Lord allows us to return sooner, we have to be with one another. But e- but even if we die like years or months from now, whatever time uh, the Lord desires, we get to be in heaven afterwards. So for us, we have so much to be thankful for and so much for, to look forward to because um, the Lord provided salvation for us in the past. He sustains us in the present. He gives us security in the future. And this is our God. Why does he do all this? Because he loves us. He loves us. He provided for all of, our, of the great things in life, um, and he and you know the things in this world is nothing. You know this is where Romans six tells, or Romans chapter eight, where it, where it talks about how like why would he withhold anything from us? Um, because if he gave us his son, uh, does it really? Will, will if he if he's willing to give us his son, then everything else is just no problem. Romans eight, uh, chapter. 8 verse 31, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, uh, but uh, but delivered him over for us, how will he not with him freely give us all things? See, this is what a great God that we have. He gave us the, this, like, this argument from the greater to the less. If God is willing to give us the greatest thing, which is his son, then all the things and all the things that we need in this life, is we don't need to worry about it. Because the Lord has is, is already given us everything that we need for eternity. And that's something that this world uh, can never provide for us. So I hope that uh, uh, this is really a setup for all of us to understand 
as we go through this book, that God knows the future of his people. Uh, God works through his people, and, and God also provides for his people. And may these truths um, get you through this day and the next day, and these truths should get, get us through every day before, um, you know, basically in this lifetime before we see him. Uh, may we have a bigger picture of God, especially in time when the calamity seems so big. Um, we need to un- we 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 need to have a bigger view of God, otherwise we'll crumble over these large issues in our lives. Uh, thanks for listening. This is has been great to do chapter one. I look forward to the next ten weeks with us through this book, and I uh, hope this is helpful. Hope you guys have a blessed weekend. Take care. Bye.